it's just, it's just funny. It's, it's funny. you know the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, Dick. Who are you? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, hey, thanks for tuning in to another great episode of the Barardo Podcast. Uh, of course, I'm your host, Tony Barardo, and today's episode, we dip into some wicked topics. Uh, I talk with an old business partner of mine, someone I, I worked with a long time ago, uh, Philip Lipsy. He's got a double master's degree in business, so we just kind of talk about uh, social topics, current events, and uh, some other good stuff. So uh, I think you'll enjoy this talk. It's a real deep honest conversation. So uh, enjoy. Everyone, please help me welcome Philip Lipsy. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's been, uh, Jesus, quite some time, huh? Been a while since we talked, but I kind of keep up with you because uh, you're an interesting guy. <laughs> Thanks, man. You as well, Philip. And I mean that in, I mean that in a very good way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Because, you know, my wife says that to me and it's usually counterintuitive to what I want to hear. So <laughs> she always gives me the bad news, but, um, no, thank you, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of cool that you remember Richie, right? Yeah. So, you know, we're, we still talk all the time and occasionally he'll, you know, come visit me and, and vice versa. But, <clears throat> you know, I, and I'm sure you could probably relate, but I mean, there's just so many, um, there's so many friends and there's so many people that you want to talk to and you want to hang out with, but you just, you never get the time to, there's just not enough time in the day. And, right. you know, we were talking about this before to where we, uh, have mentioned or talked to a lot of people that, you know, from the smart circle days and things like that. And we just don't, you know, we just don't have the time, right. To meet everybody. But it's so cool right. that with Facebook and Instagram, we're able to, even if it's just those messages, like you and I have shared previously, it kind of, um, it's cool because it sparks a little bit of, of, you know, uh, the feeling of the relationship back in the day, you know, probably what, 10 years ago at this point now, I think. Right. Right. Yeah. So you, you, you know, they broke up the, uh, the advertising division, but you were the one of the last office owners cause you had moved around like to two different spots. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And it, that kind of made, uh, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me cause I, I kind of knew, I kind of knew the, uh, some ships were sinking only because, you know, just the way they were treating some of the owners and, and all that, uh, at least for me anyway, on my end, I don't know how it was anywhere else, but, um, yeah, that's a big reason why I decided to just give the other portion of the company to my partner at the time. And I was like, yo dude, like I'm out, I got to bounce. Yeah. It's so. been fun for me to watch like you, Gavin, Richie a little bit, you know, Richie went to work for Groupon. I don't know what he, I think he's flipping houses now. Um, John Magoo, you know, you guys are my favorites and all <laughs> of you guys have seemed to have landed on your feet, which is, uh, which makes me happy. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, it's, um, it was tough at first. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, you know, of course I started off, you know, from the ground and I talk a lot, a lot about this on my podcast is, um, I was very blessed and fortunate because there's a lot of pros that came with owning your own company at such a young age. And, right. uh, no matter what, whether it's a franchise or you're doing your own thing, like there's a lot of great benefits, even if it ends up not being the way you wanted to, which in my case it was where I ended up, you know, going back to live with my dad and, uh, his new wife at the time, 
And of course that was a funky situation for me because it was, I've been on my own since I was 18 after my parents right. got divorced. So to go back into that is really like a bite of humble pie. It, it's different when there's humble pie, like in a good way where you make a shit ton of money and then you, Oh, I got to take a, a humble pie. Like me, it was right. like a huge step back and I ended up going, uh, working for uh, Coca-Cola, which, you know, is a great company, of course, but my dad worked 17 years there. You know, he's like, Hey man, you should do this X, Y, Z. And I was like, all right, cool. So I ended up applying and got it and started off at the warehouse, worked myself up to sales and then eventually account management. And, uh, it was a tough road. I mean, you know, five, six years of living on my own after I moved out of his place, after I saved up some money, got a studio apartment and just, you know, what we, what we were taught, right. When back in those days is keep your break even low. I'm not Jewish, so I can't say it, but lack of a better word to be a Jew with everything. And right. you know, that, that ownership mentality that, um, I learned from owning a company at such a young age at 26, 27, I was able to implement in my own personal life, even without owning a company. And right. then I was able to save up money, buy a couple properties. I ended up flipping those and then meeting my wife and so on and so forth. The rest is history. But yeah, I think if, you know, I wasn't uh, in that business at, at such a young age, like if I was a server or something, um, I don't think I would be as uh, well off or successful as I am now because, you know, we we talked a lot about stickativity, right. keeping your attitude and dealing with the nose and all that. And I, I mean, there's some really great nuggets in there for sure that a lot well, of people you, you can- mentioned, You uh, mentioned humble pie. <laughs> um, you know, I was talking to my friend, I was telling her I was going to do this podcast and she's like, well- how interesting of a life have you had? What are you going to talk about? What What are you going to focus on? And she's like, your story is very, very inspiring. And I said, well, I wanted to keep it positive. I wanted to be the old guy on the podcast, maybe talk a little bit about being an expat and talking about maybe some of the reasons I wanted to become an expat. But um, the humble pie thing, you know, you were saying that Smart Circle prepared you being a business owner at such a young age prepared you to be successful. Well, I believe me going into some of the positions that I've went into being a former business owner, being very successful and having to eat that humble pie has even allowed me to accept jobs that I knew were sort of beneath me, mm. but I accepted the jobs anyway. And then I excelled at them. You know, I was uh, probably the best, advertising account manager at smart circle. Um, and then, you know, I went on and now I'm in the merchant processing business. And if you would have told me that when I got my master's degree, that I'd be in merchant services at age 60, I would have told you you were crazy, yeah. but guess what? I'm with a great company. They pay me a ton of money. And in the four years that I've been with this most recent company, getting ready to retire and become an expat. Wow. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah talk yeah. about stickativity. You know, that's, that's definitely one thing. And, you know, I learned a lot about this before where I was, all the good things I learned from owning a company at such a young age versus like, there is some type of mentality that you adopt, I think, um, when you're in your twenties. Right. And, and by the way, you are, I think you might be the second oldest. I don't know if you're the oldest, but you might be the second oldest person on the podcast. So that's exciting. So congratulations on that, Franz. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to diversify my podcast guests. So thanks for being a part of the uh, <laughs> that age demo. 
Um, but you know, it's it, it, when you're in your twenties and thirties, it's interesting because you you're not humble, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of greed that's involved. And I, you know, if I could look at my former self and look back at that and say, you know, when I was making money and when, you know, me, Richie and you, and we were kicking ass and taking names. And um, when I was in my prime, I, I, if I knew what I knew now, and I know you being older than me, you're probably like, well, I tell everybody that, you right. know, you're going <laughs> to, Everyone always preaches this to, including my father and, you know, his friends and all that. They're always preaching, saying, you know, you should save money when you're in your 20s. But when you're in your 20s, you don't, you can't take a look at yourself, right? right? And you can't see what, you're only able to see what's in your bank account. And you're like, I'm going to YOLO. I'm going to live my life. And right. it's even more wild now because there's so much greed outside of your own head, right? Like you turn on social media. We didn't obviously have phones back then. We we're in the field and were hit. So it was all face to face. It was all interaction. But now there's a certain numbness to the population, I feel like, to where they automatically shut you off, but there's no perspective when it comes to uh, dealing with people, dealing with money, dealing with your future, your finances. You know, everyone's kind of in that mode of YOLO because they mm -hmm. see everyone else on their phone making money, getting rich off TikTok and all this shit. But really, the foundation is still there as, as it was 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, which is live below your means, work your ass off so you can retire one day. And, you know, some somehow we lost that. I don't know if it was because of social media or, I mean, what's your thought process? Because obviously you've seen more generations than I have. Well, you know, I was talking to a friend, it's the same friend, and I was telling, telling her, I said, you know, I don't think I could have went to college now. Right. Because there's so many distractions. Back when I went to college, there weren't even pagers. Whoa. So we would have to go walk all the way back to our dorm room, call the girl up and, um, you know, ask her out on a date. And we walked everywhere. Now with all the stimulus, I mean, pagers, cell phones, uh, smartphones, iPads, FaceTime, mm -hmm. WhatsApp. So there's all these distractions. But as you said, fundamentally live below your means and and do those things and the opportunities there's more opportunities for you to do well and get rich i mean i know a tiktoker that owns food trucks because as i mentioned i'm in the merchant services business he's making 11 grand a month talking about how to run a food truck online i've got another buddy that's got 3 million youtube channel describers he makes $300,000 a year. There's a girl that I met once. She makes 100000 a month on uh, Instagram. So all of these things can still set you up to be successful, but the same things that give you the opportunity are also the things that can bring you, that can bring you down because, as you mm -hmm. know, social media, you know, cancel culture and everything, it's, uh, you know, it can be very challenging when everything is being recorded, you know, sure. um, and I know there's areas you don't want me to delve into, but like, you know, all these camera phones have created a, an aversion towards the police. And I'd say, well, the police were always doing this, but now it's just being recorded. Mm -hmm. So the technology, I don't think has helped society. It's moved us, it, it's advanced us, but it hasn't really helped us as much as people think. Yeah. No, you're right. And I mean, you can, I'm, I'm open to diving, you know, as deep or as wicked as we want to. So 
uh, feel free. There's no filter. And if, you know, yeah, I mean, that's the cool thing that I loved about that. I love about this podcast, you know, even as um, a business owner, right, which, you know, I don't know if you you've been following, but the wife and I actually just opened our own company a few months back. Um, yeah, I've and, been promoting you. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, meet cute box. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. It's been, uh, it's been very fulfilling and exciting. And, um, you know, you talk about social media and how you're able to make money off that. You know, I've been doing a lot of consulting work uh, since I left my previous job. And by left, I mean, I got laid off because of the pandemic. I've been feeling really good and doing this consulting work and some side gigs. And I work with a lot of brands. I make a little bit of money off the podcast, not enough to only do that yet. But, you know, hopefully right. maybe that could be the goal, right? Um, but, you know, there's there's talented people out there that are making a bunch of money. But then there's also people that I don't think have a lot of value to bring that are also making money. So I think mm -hmm. all that content's there. So now more than ever, to your point, is there is so much freedom and so much um, ways to make a living without sacrificing time, um, stress, right? Because that's the, that's the big thing when it comes to like owning a company, right? Is not even owning a company, just working for a corporation. But no matter what you do, if you're working, you're trying to work to pay the bills. In the past like 10 years, really, we're realizing this. Wouldn't it be great if you can work to pay the bills, but also love what you do? Like mm -hmm. that was never a thing, you know, 20 years ago, you know, because yeah. you just worked just whatever you could do to work to pay the bills and to put food in your belly. But yeah, with with these phones, I mean, the the opportunities are endless, especially now because most companies are going remote because of everything with the pandemic. So, you know, there's a lot of negatives that it, that came with the pandemic. But I think the one thing that we realized is it gave technology a chance to catch up to humanity and even yeah. surpass it in a lot of ways. Right. Because you know, we, we kind of knew this was coming. This whole technology thing has been a big deal for the past couple of decades, but now I feel like it's way ahead. It's almost like the pandemic slowed humanity down for a couple of years because now technology is like, you can't even keep up with this shit. Like I try to keep up with as much as I can, but every day is changing crypto this and crypto that and NFTs and, you know, podcasts and audio and video. It's just TikTok. It's, yeah, it's wicked. Pretty much have, I pretty much have just given up on... I just like to stay in my my lane. You know, so many times before, when you become successful, you want to branch out and diversify. That's and, right. you know, those are some of the mistakes that I made in my past. I think I was 31 years old and I was a millionaire. Mm. You met me on a, a down a, a downcast or a downshift. Yeah. Uh, 31 years old, millionaire, and I bought record companies and limo companies and they all failed because I didn't know what I was doing. So now, you know, you mentioned the pandemic. The pandemic helped merchant services because nobody wanted to touch money. Right. And um, the people that were going to try to stay in business needed needed to, you know, a way to manage their, their cash flow or, or their accounts receivable. So the pandemic helped. And then once we were in the middle of it and I started making more money, I said, you know, I'm just going to stay in this lane. I'm going to ride this thing until the wheels come off. So I could de-emphasize and not focus on, you know, what's new in technology only within the realm of merchant services. Because, you know, like you have me cute box. You've got you've to manage that. Uh, companies that have, you know, to use a shark tank word, pivoted and you know, they needed electronic processing and 
that's my area of expertise and and I've become so good at it and and I'm doing so well at it that I don't even get bothered with certain, you know, before I would, if you were doing this amount of money, I'd be all after you. Now, if you're not doing pretty much at least 25,000 a month, I'm personally not gonna, gonna go after the business. One of my salespeople do. I have a large sales team and, you know, so I just kind of stay in my little bubble and just kind of sit back and watch from the sidelines. And it's been, it's been more peaceful and it's centered me more, which, you know, which is, which is preparing me for the next chapter of my life, which is uh, a successful and healthy and bountiful retirement. Good. Good for you. And what do you got? Uh, you got any plans for retirement yet? Or you haven't thought well, that far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been working towards it. You know, I've got a lot of classmates I was in high school with that have done well and they're already retired. So it's kind of like the race to the finish line. Sure. But um, I've just got my Mexican residency. That a boy. Um, I'm I'm bilingual now. When when you knew me at Smart Circle, I wasn't yeah. quite bilingual. I'm bilingual. Got my Mexican residency. Um, so I'm probably gonna spend some time in Playa de Carmen. Mm. Um, additionally, um, you know I've got a house out here in next to Retirement City. I'm in Ruskin. You're in Apollo Beach, so I'm just on the outside of Sun City. I've got a house I could retire in, you know, but, um, you know, I think the rise of people wanting to retire and wanting to work remote is to get out of the United States. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate, we are but yeah, still a great nation, but with, and, and I don't ascribe to either. Democrat or Republican, but I do just ascribe to I'm not I'm anti bullshit. Right. And, you know, you talk to in these expat groups, you'd be surprised. Friend of mine, 64, uh, very successful, owns 20 pieces of property. She just moved to Ecuador. Wow. Uh, they're on the American dollar. She's gone. And her reasoning is I got to get out of this country. My reasoning is. Listen, I've been blessed to have the opportunities that I've had, but I'm so sick of people crying racism, crying politics, Trumpers, anti-Trumpers. You know, in Mexico, I can go there and I can just be anonymous. Hey, I'm just a big black guy walking down the street and it's peaceful. So my goal or my objective in retirement is to have peace in my life. And if my salespeople aren't calling me because I'm not working anymore, and you know, I don't got Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo talking about <laughs> what's going on and how this is politically motivated, then you've got Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson. I'm I'm over it. I'm just done with it. And when you when you literally see the rise in expatriatism, you you've got to ask yourself are we wrong? Is everybody that's moving out? I mean, we live in a state that that was wide open in the pandemic, basically. And Florida, Florida. It helped just, us. Yeah. yeah, we. It helped us from the standpoint of our housing. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. I, I I know when you bought your house, I was like, where do you live? It looks close, and you're like, yeah, I'm right around the corner from you. And I'm <laughs> like, man, and you've got a nice house. And well, we both do. Yeah. Um, 
And um, and I'm like, man, the value that we saw because Florida opened up and people from the north wanted to come down and um, oh yeah, and buy our homes. So well, now I'm just going to take it one step further and go a little further south. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, uh, I definitely want to get more into because uh, I don't talk a, lo- a lot uh, about you know this, these topics on my podcast, but n- not for lack of um, doing it. I, I I never had the opportunity to have someone on uh, that would shump some opinions on the state of the the nation, racism, politics, and you know, I think at a religion, you know, at, at an early age, we're all told you know don't talk about two things, right? Politics and religion. And we accepted it for quite some time, but then all of a sudden, one day we just realized, let's all talk about it and let's all not listen to other people. And, right. you know, I've, I've done this podcast for about three years and pretty aggressively. I mean, I would probably say two or three times a month, not as much as I wanted to, of course, but I think this would be like episode 168 or something, 169. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much by doing this, by talking to so many people of all different culture backgrounds, races, um, you know, even one of my good friends who's, uh, who's black and he goes, you know, Hey, listen, man, I, and I'd love to get your opinion on this. The last couple of years has, um, not really shed a light and made things positive for the minority. You look at the country from like an outside perspective, like if you leave the country to your point, going to Mexico and you look in and it's like, yeah, of course, there's no slavery. Yeah, women have the right to vote. Like, there's a lot of changes. I mean, for someone to say the country is worse now than it was in 1776, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's it's gotten much better. Yeah. However, and this is what I want to get your opinion on, is I think we spend so much time, for whatever reason, putting everybody in different pots that it seems like it worse. it's worse than what it is. Because it's really not. I mean, it's it's bad, sure, but like individually, like you as a human, it's pretty good here. Yeah. But, S- some okay. people are magnifying bad situations. Well, and, and, and as I stated earlier, you know, social media has given people the opportunity. Everybody can be a news reporter. Right. So the voice. I'll yeah. say this and, and we can we can chop them down one at a time. <laughs> OK. We were the first black family in my neighborhood growing up. I'm the youngest of six kids. There's only three of us left. Both my parents are gone. My dad was in the Air Force, and my dad was a big guy, big, powerful, strong guy, kind of like his youngest son, me. Yeah. And, so, um, so bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> and so nobody wanted to mess with, with, they used to call my dad Big Daddy. He was a sergeant. He ran Strategic Air Command. But we got a cross burned in our yard in 1965. Jesus. And then when they found out that it was James Lipsy's, the whole community, because they didn't know what my dad would do because they don't know people's background. So the point I'm making is, is you don't really know anybody until you you actually know them. Mm. And I have a lot of woke friends that are, are saying, you know, you know, Phil, you focus in too much on, on it. And I've lost a bunch of friends because I was very vocal on Facebook. And now you see I'm I just disappeared. I'm not on there anymore. Yeah, um, I, I was very vocal about it because people I went to high school with were like, oh, it wasn't really like that. But it really was. 
It really was like that. And it wasn't prevalent because it wasn't being talked about all the time. News, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Don Lemon tonight, Chris Cuomo, Tucker Carlson. So all of this stimuli has put it out there. But as a black man in this country, I'm saying it's real. It does exist. And it's worse now than it's ever been because, like you said, we are encamped. I mean, I say this very tongue in cheek because the owners of my company, I know probably at least one or two of them, there's three owners, probably voted for Donald Trump. Right. And I say to them, or I say to anybody that voted for Donald Trump, are you serious? I'm not saying Biden. I'm just saying, are you serious? And so for me now, I have peace in that when I say, are you serious? Because I can immediately write you off as a person because he's an idiot. It's not subjective. It's not sub it's not a subjective opinion. It's subjective. Right. He is the he is the uh the man for the poor. He never worked a job in his life. He probably scammed his I mean, these are all facts. And and then here's right. the other thing. You can see him be an idiot and they're like, oh, it's okay. So the only thing that I can digress to is, okay, you're a fucking racist. Pardon right. my language, but I mean, what else can it be when you support misogyny, blatant lies? Herschel Walker is a black dude, but he's a Trumper. And he doesn't want to debate Ralph Warnick and, and because people won't watch the debate because it'll be on a Sunday. And I saw that and I was like, hmm. And I looked into it. The debate is on a Thursday. That's the kind of QAnon stuff that people repeat and then you believe it. So there's stupidity, there's ignorance, and there's racism. I think racism is stupid. I think ignorance is if you just don't know anybody of a different culture or a different background, that's ignorance and that's excused. But then when you've got the, the, the stupidity and then the racism, it's it's like, it's just how do you really deal with somebody that says that Biden is not in the White House, he's on a set in Hollywood, <laughs> and Trump is really the president? And these people believe that. Majorie Taylor Greene. And, and here's the problem. They've got about 50% of the population buying into that. So right. when you say, okay, QAnon, uh, Tea Party, Tea Party Plus, Hannity Holmes, all these people, I'm like, okay, this has got to be a racist agenda to divide and conquer. Because people like you, people like Richie, people like me, I don't care what color you are. I only care how you treat me. Right. But so much has been done and, and the sheep have just fallen right in the line. I mean, I can't even watch. I don't have cable anymore. I stream everything, but I can't even watch the news anymore. I just, I just don't because it's like, okay. Now, I mean, we got Trump light coming and Ron DeSantis. Yeah. And I say, well, look at his record in Florida. And they don't want to talk about his record in yeah. Florida. 
you know, so so that's where we are. And and I know I started with racism, but that's where we are, because if you can't give me a logical explanation for something, then it's got to be an illogical explanation. And to me, racism is illogical. Sure. So, you know, so all of these supporting supporting things, you know, you know, I never I always thought I was immune to it. Played tennis in high school, college. Uh, speak the Queen's English very well, articulate, amiable, funny, you know, and I always thought I was immune to it till I read my personnel file in 1984 at Procter & Gamble. The recruiter wrote in my file, and I wasn't supposed to see this, one of the best minority candidates we've ever had. Oof. Hmm. Compliment? No. no. Insult? Yes. Why couldn't I be just one of the best candidates? I went to a great school, Miami of Ohio. I graduated well. Obviously, I became the top salesman in my sales division, but I was the last one promoted out of my unit. It always makes you go like Arsenio, things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> um, and then I go work for different companies. Yeah. Um, and you know, and a lot of times it's been the other insult is, is man, Phil, you're the whitest black guy we know, and we're going to move you along because you're different. Ooh. No, you're moving me along because I'm qualified, because I do a good job. So those are the type of things that you'd say, well, if they accept you, then they are accepting of everybody that comes behind you, and they can't be that bad of a person. But the right. mere fact that it's always one, two tokens that they put up yeah just furthers my point that it's alive and well in the united states of america and well if, if i may let me ask you this uh just because of course i don't deal with it at all um mm. you know as uh as some people would say i guess i have white privilege i didn't know i did but you know that to me it's interesting because it almost makes you think if that word didn't exist white privilege would racist exist and vice versa right like there's there's something interesting that i find where because uh, i agree with you 100 and it's not fair because i've been not just an owner but i've also been in corporations that uh you know treat minorities a certain way but then also they hire minorities just because they have to meet a quota and right. why do you think it's still a thing why is is it because we talk about it? Is it because it really exists? Because naturally, sure, there's racism, 100%. But I, I, is it racism? Or is it just is there bad people on the earth? And that's always going to be the case. You know, the fact that we attach racism to it, I don't know if every single person that's racist is only racist, right? I think people that are racist could potentially be sociopaths, could be murderers, could be rapists. They're just bad dudes. It's not like you run into the guy at the bank and he deals with it on a daily basis. And then after 5 p.m. when he clocks out, he's a racist. Like, I just think there's bad people. And is it dangerous that we put that word on somebody because that kind of fuels it, right? It's it's gasoline on the fire. Like, what, what do you think about that? Well, I think, I think it's both. I think there are bad people. Mm. And I think that all racists are bad people. Sure. Um, but not all bad people are racist. So mm. um, I think what happened is now I'm going to go kind of left on you here. 
I don't believe we're a de democratic republic. I was a political science major at Miami of Ohio. I believe we are a, a political and financial oligarchy where you've got the rulers up here. Mm -hmm. And I think that these people were so aghast at Obama for what he represented, intelligence, fairness, for what he represented, that that gave rise to somebody like Donald Trump. And if a black can get into the White House, what is that saying for the WASP, the white Anglo-Saxon Protestants? So if we level the, if you've been winning for so long with white privilege and we level the playing field, you feel like you're losing. Mm. So the only way to fight that back is, is to put these ends in their place. And that's where the racism is born from. I have a good, I had a good friend. We were best friends and he voted for Obama twice. And then he just started changing. He just started changing. And I'm like, well, where's this coming from? He really felt threatened that he was going to lose his position in society. Now he's so <laughs> far gone. It's, it's, it's like, okay, objectively, give me your reasons for, for, for the way you feel. And it's normally not anything that makes any sense. So I think it's worse. I don't think it's going to get better anytime soon because, like you said, we've got We've got everything going on around us. And for people that have intelligence that can discern and decipher the information as we get it, because we've got to, first of all, we've got to, like, you know, when you handle an objection in sales, you've got to determine if the objection is real or false. Right. You know, we've got to be able to discern what information is good. And we've got so many people that just don't have it together. You know, there's a there's a scale, and I never thought about the scale. And I said, well, let me learn about that. You've got moron, idiot, imbecile. I don't know which one of those, but it's all based on IQ. Then you go up to retard. Then you go up to normalcy. So those aren't adjectives to describe somebody in a negative manner. It's a quantitative measure that describes your intelligence based on Stanford Binet IQ test. Black people have always been considered stupid because they scored lower on IQ tests. So in college, my senior year, I wrote a paper called Racial Bias and Psychological Testing. Some of the weird examples is, in 1974, what's a deuce and a quarter? Well, 94% of the white people will tell you a deuce and a quarter is $2.25. Well, a black person would tell you it's an Electra 225 made by Buick. And then you've got ax and ask because of d dialect. Sure. So all of this stupidity is not really stupidity. It's based on actual scientific data. But those in power can take that and influence the masses with this with this opinion that gets that gets channeled. Now, I and, have a, I have a political way, background. Oh, sorry. Okay. I just wanted to. I just wanted to say. I'm sure the surveys done on the white people were not like up in Boston, because if those, 
Because talk about dialect. So every single white person right. would be labeled as mentally handicapped because the yeah. way they pronounce words yeah. is incorrect. So it's, yeah, it's, and I, I love my New Englanders. I was born in Maine. <laughs> so, so, you know, and it's like, I have a good friend that does mortgages and his wife, we were good friends. And his wife just started popping out of left field. I said, listen, man, I got to let you and your wife go. I don't want you to pick me over your wife. I just got to let you go. And and it's it's just so weird because just you can only deal with the stupid. You can only deal with the stupidity so much. And you're like, you know what? Mm. I'm just I just have to close this door because if you don't close the door, it's going to drive you crazy. Yeah. And that's what I decided to do when I pretty much backed off of social media. I might say happy birthday and I'll send a private message like I do with you. Like when you have your sauna and I'm like, oh, man, where'd you get it? I'd like one, too. You know, stuff like that. But as far as like, you know, it, it, it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, and I could have I could have used you yesterday because yesterday I posted something. Um, it was a meme that was just circling around. And I don't know if you watch any Marvel movies, but, you know, you have the Avengers, right? Which was the first right. appearance of like Hulk being a badass. Right. And then he hasn't been a badass since. Well, there's a movie called Ragnarok with Thor that he was a badass in. But ever since right. then, he's kind of been like this pussy. And right. he's in the new She-Hulk. And right. he, get, he gets hit by like a Jeep Wrangler. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, in the event, the meme is in the Avengers, he stops this massive alien craft that's bigger than the Empire State Building with one hand. Right. And then he gets hit by the Jeep Wrangler and, and She-Hulk. And, you know, Disney and there's some other companies where, you know, there's been a lot of memes just kind of poking fun at that wokeness. I just posted yeah. the meme and I go, has wokeness affected movie and films? It's a great question. And then I posted yes. that. And, you know, the the hate and the blowback from my Democratic friends and, you know, keep in mind, I, I will say this. I voted Democrat because I voted for Obama. And I've also, you might not hate this, but I voted for Trump as well. And the only reason I voted for the Trump. The first time. The, the first correct. time? Yeah, first time. Okay. The the only reason is because uh, I've, I've always voted Republican since I was 18, except, of course, Obama, because, you know, I just think he did some some great things. And um, there's a reason why he got elected twice. You know, and and there's pros and cons with everything. But if I'm being frank with myself, I've tried to vote independent green before. It just doesn't obviously never pans out. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if if more and more people I thought it was going to like do an uptick after Trump won. I thought people were going to be like, you know, fuck this. Like, let's go middle. And, you know, again, I keep talking about this podcast because it's made me I've been I've always been objective, you know, ever since we used to work together. I've always liked to think I've been pretty objective, but with this podcast, I've been so more objective and so more open-minded. And like, we talk about the 80, 20 rule, 80% listening, 20% talking. I'm like 95, five now. I used to interrupt people all the time, but now I'm like, you know, you talk for an hour and I listen and I absorb because I'm yeah. going to learn so much more from you than I am reading a book. The politics as a whole, for whatever reason, man, it's just so frustrating because when I talk to my friends, that are literally willing to die for their democratic or Republican beliefs. A, you don't know these people. B, you don't obviously understand the political system that it's not, yeah, voting is important. Sure. But the fact that you only pick like Roe v. Wade is a great example, right? Which we could talk about too, but it's so interesting how 
you're on that side of the fence, but if you don't believe in something that happened, so you have right. to accept everything on that team. And the government has done a great job in separating those two teams. Yeah. Because, right. yeah, because like me, I, again, I'm, I'm pretty liberal, pretty conservative. Again, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle, but I think the government should, shouldn't be involved in any decision that we make. Zero decisions, including exactly. what you want to do with your body. And then, you know, but I also think we should have guns. We should have, you know, the Second Amendment, I think, is a thing. But it also, we need to change it. You know, it's it's been the same since 1776. Like, it's right. okay to make adjustments. But I tell that to my Republican friends, even though I've, I vote Republican 90% of my life. But I tell them that and they're like, bro, fuck you, you Democrat. I'm like, dude, do you hear what you're saying right now? Like, yeah. I not only did, have I voted Republican, but I'm just saying I think we should probably take a look at it because when we first wrote that down with a feather, mm -hmm. that's when we first wrote down the Second Amendment on a fucking feather on a, not even a real paper. It wasn't even paper. Parchment. It was parchment. We wrote it down on parchment and we had muskets. We didn't have automatic fucking weapons that can kill a hundred people in less than 10 seconds. Like mm -hmm. we should probably rethink it because we haven't re you know, think these things for 300 years. And it's so crazy how we're so invested in this. I just don't get it because to me, I think being a president is the stupidest job in the world and it shouldn't even exist. I think we're way more intelligent now. And I think if you had like a panel of people like, Bill Gates and Elon Musk and whatever, put anybody you want on that panel. Right. And you have like a group of 10 people like they did in Judge Dredd. You remember that Sly movie back in the day? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They had like a panel of people that decided they were the judge, the executioner and, and everything. Right. And that's actually a better idea than having one person be the spokesman for our entire country. And you don't understand that he's not deciding anything. It's the Senate. It's the, it's Congress. It's, it's all voting and all this politics and lobbyists and money. And if you have more money, you get more votes. And if you get more votes, you get to make the more decisions. Like you and I, we're a very small piece of this chess game. Count. Yeah, it's, yeah. but people, again, on left or right side, they don't understand that. If you just step back, if we all decided not to vote, or if we all decide to vote, but if we all decided to say, fuck this, let's go independent, we're going to give the government kind of like a strike. And if we just did that, for a year. I think we can make some real yeah. change, right? Like, because they're relying on us to fight up against each other with blue and red. Like the fact that we only have two parties, is that really a democratic society? No, that's why I said it's a, you know, but, but you, you made some good points when the Romans had mm. their Caesar and they had the Senate and then they, they, they tr attempted to do it right. But with anything, there's corruption. Cor corruption occurs. So obviously, I believe our political system is very corrupt. And the House, the the uh, legislative, executive, and, and judicial branches are supposed to check each other. But you brought up a very good point, Roe v. Wade. I'm not going to delve too far deep into it, but I can't have children, nor do I have any children right now? But that was the straw for me that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, Phil, why did it, what was it about it? And I said very simply, if 
this country, in quotation marks, is going to tell a white woman what she can and cannot do with her body, they don't give a damn about me. And mm -hmm. and that because you know you you were saying people we the government has divided us into these camps and it's like you get to college you're you're not there with anybody you went to high school with but maybe one or two and they're in different quads so what do you do you join a fraternity i got a fraternity shirt on now i didn't join till sophomore <laughs> year but you join a fraternity you and then you suffer from group yeah. think or you get accused of having group think well everybody gets into their camps mm -hmm. and those are their people, right. you know, people that uh, believe that the Democrats were being pedophiles on a pizza joint in Alexandria, Virginia. Man, they believe that yeah. and they will fight for it because those are their people. And then you've got the, the, the Ocasio's on the other side, Alex, whatever her name is, the uh, chick that used to be a bartender, very hot. <laughs> and I'd follow her just because of that. Right. But, you know. We can't be all green. It's it's not yeah. feasible. And then you've got the people. Then you've got the people that are accusing Obama, uh, or not Obama, Biden, of being the reason gas prices are so high. And I said, tell you what, you need to do. Go take entry level econ. You can take high school level econ. I'll pay for it, and then come back and tell me that Biden's the reason that we have gas prices. I said, it's the elasticity of demand, my friend. And then they're yeah. like, what the hell are you talking about? I was like, obviously, if you don't know that, this is not a conversation we should have. Thank mm -hmm. you. Goodbye. Yeah. Because it's and, and, and these people get in their camps. And boy, you like you said, they, they will fight to the death because that's their group. And everybody wants to be a part of something. The scary thing is about this whole situation is two things. Because you, you you say camp and it reminded me of tribes, Comanches. Mm -hmm. Like back in the day, we used yeah. to have camps. We used to have our tribe, whatever your tribe was, your Frenchman, you know, Indian, like whatever your tribe was, you were in this tribe and your your job was to protect the tribe, to kill and fight anybody that didn't speak your language. Like that was, you know, so mm -hmm. inside of you and me, we have this evolutionary instincts to be a part of a group of people and to fight off anybody that doesn't want to join our group. So I don't think that's going to go away, which is unfortunate because that is, that's in our blood. That's yeah. yeah. Right. But then to make things worse, now you have this little thing on social media and the internet called algorithm. So anything that you're involved in uh -huh. is getting fed to you 24 seven. So you can't be objective. So when, when, you know, you really think gas prices are high because of the president and you're looking through social media and that's all you see. Philip Lipsy comes along and tells you otherwise. You're like, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. But it's because they're not being fed any other information. It's yeah, it's fucking terrifying, man, that because I talk to people on this podcast with objective views and all that. And uh, I, I show them research. I tell them my experience and they're like, no, nah, man, on the Internet, I go, well, stop. Hold on. Okay, you, you saw something on the internet. I get it. But did you read a book? Did you go to school? Did you hear a lecture? Like, are you really diving into this? Or did you see a seven-second video and now your mind has changed? Like, they're, right. for whatever reason, man, like, it's it's kind of scary that I don't see it getting better. 
right? I mean, some of these, you know, it, it's, I love comedy shows. And mm. on Instagram, you know, you get these clips of these comedians and, you know, all of the Facebook MDs that we've got since COVID. I mean, these Facebook MDs, and I'm sitting there thinking, hmm, maybe I should have just skipped nursing school. <laughs> I should have just not went to nursing school and read five things on Facebook and wouldn't have wouldn't have had to go through all of the stuff that I went through. Yeah. And it's amazing that these people, uh, you know, and, and my doctor, my primary care physician, I'd say we're we're kind of friends. I've been I was his first patient in his practice, and he's you know he was a bucks uh, a bucks uh, one of the medical doctors for the bucks. So he's a good guy. We're in different fraternities, and we kind of rib each other. And he's like, man. So when my last checkup, he's like, man. He goes, I just don't know what to say to some of my to some of my patients. He goes, my patients are coming in here. And he goes, it's all I can do not to laugh in their face. He goes, and then when I tell them something, they've trusted me about everything else. So the most recent one that I've dealt with is somebody told me, you know, the mask. People are still walking around with masks. Right. And I said, well, you know, COVID's not gone. Well, yeah, but, you know, the mask, you know, it deprives you of oxygen. I said, okay. I said, or would, let's riddle me this, Batman, because I know you like Batman. Thanks. <laughs> Maybe it's a properly manufactured mask because so the next time you have surgery, I'm just going to tell the doctor to take off his mask. Don't use don't use surgical gloves and you can roll the dice with your infection, because believe me, you're going to get an infection. Well, how do you know? I said I probably sat in on about 52 surgeries. I was in medical sales and got my MBA and then got my nursing degree so I could be better at medical sales. Johnson & Johnson Ethicon, surgical stapling. And the Ethicon rep is actually in the surgery showing the doctor how to use the surgically stapling device. So I know and I tell people, if you're going to have surgery, make sure it's first thing in the morning. Well, why? I said, well, autoclaving is 100% effective. What's autoclaving? So you don't know what autoclaving is, but you're telling me that uh, a mask is going to deprive you of oxygen. And that's the, lud that's the idiocy of what we're dealing with. You know, I'm like, well, maybe they've got another medical condition or maybe they have low, you know, chemo patients. Why do they wear the, the skull caps? It's all kinds of things like that that just blow my mind. So we've got it with COVID. We've mm -hmm. got it with racism. We've got it with politics. We've got it with 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 how to raise your kids. Oh. You know, we yeah, that's a we've got, that's a whole other topic we, just, we could talk about for an hour. They're raising kids. Yeah, yeah. So so all of this idiocy mm -hmm. is just it just Tony, I tell you, it just makes me scratch my head, and then I enjoy it because. It becomes comedy. I was thinking about maybe trying to submit some comedy writings or, you know, when, when I finally decide to quit working and maybe try to be a comedy writer because I've had so much material these past two years. A lot of gold, man. A lot of gold. Oh, out yeah. There. <laughs> and the comedians are just, they're ripping. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, Joe Maki was just here and I missed him. He was at uh, Side Splitters. Oh, yeah, he's funny. And 
I would have loved to have seen his new take because and I didn't get up there to see him. And I'm like, man, I missed him because I know he would have had a very interesting view on on this. And like like everybody says Dave Chappelle. I don't think Dave Chappelle is a comedian anymore. I think he gives lectures that are funny. And and don't get me wrong, they're intelligent, yeah. but he kind of peels back the stupidity of society with a very funny take, but it's very intellectual. Like um, yeah. in his last, uh, like you got people arguing that transsexuals who are born men should be able to compete in women's sports. And I'm like, yeah. that's ridiculous. They shouldn't be able to compete in women's sports because there were a men and men are far superior physiologically than women. So Dave Chappelle in his last says uh, this one transsexual committed suicide and he gave his her his daughter some money. And he says, I met your mother. I met your father and it was the best woman I ever met. You know, that's just how. And, you know, that's how he ended ended his last special. And I thought that was, like, a great take on it. Yeah. You know, he wasn't well, saying he wasn't bashing them. Right. He was just pointing out the differences. And people, they jump in their they camp. And then yeah. they start, you know, cancel culture. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It, it's so crazy. And I think that, again, has to do with, you know, because I have a couple friends who are in uh, MLB, uh, GTQ plus whatever the yeah. letters are now. And, you know, they've, we've had conversations, you know, very candid conversations. And I'm like, dude, you want to come on the podcast? No. I'm like, but because it's, it's, um, their views are opposite of what the narrative is. Right. You know, they, they agree with not having transgender women competing in the UFC with men, uh, or excuse me, with women. You know, yeah. like, it, like there was, um, I forget who the fighter was, but there was a fighter who was a man for 20 something years, decided to transition to a woman and then went into, uh, or excuse me, decided to transition. Even I'm getting confused. There was, <laughs> there was a man who was a man for 20 years, decided to transition to a woman and go fight in MMA as a woman. So you have a guy that is legally allowed to beat the shit out of women now. Right. And then you look at like Roe v. Wade. And you look at all this other stuff that's happening. And I've had this conversation with my wife as well. Same thing. I was like, hey, let's talk about it on the podcast. She's like, no. Because she's afraid that, you know, with a lot of women, I try to explain to them. I'm like, I think women as a whole need to speak up because, you know, this is not this whole like this whole um, movement that's happening mm-hmm. with um, accepting people who for who they are and and all that stuff. We're taking it too far, meaning we're embracing triple X models saying that it's okay to be you. We're not saying you're a bad person, but is it okay to have type two diabetes? Like, is that okay? No, of course not. Be healthier. You're still beautiful. Sure. But be healthier. Don't embrace that. And we're doing the same thing with the transgender community, which it's only affecting women. Not surprisingly, the white male is going to come on top with everything because it's not like a woman can transition into a man and go play against LeBron James and win a ring. That's not how this right. thing works. It's only going to ruin women. Women's. That's it. It's only ruining not just women's sports, women as a whole. Like it's right. Again, we go back to putting people in these camps. Phil, you're you're black, I'm white. I didn't announce that when we first started this podcast. 
because you're just a person. I'm just talking to right. you, right? Like we don't need to put ourselves in these group. And I think it all starts obviously up top, but even when you go to the doctor, you mentioned you went to the doctor before, you probably had to fill out like a form when you first became the doctor and they needed to know if you were African-American, if you were Caucasian, if you were Hispanic, why? Is that going to affect your diagnosis? In some instances, yes, because some like sickle cell is, is you know, genetically linked to right. to certain cultures. But not I on paper. I think that's why they do it there. But not on paper. You can, as soon as you sit down with the doctor, yeah. you can know. You, you understand what I mean? Like, yeah. why do we, we're putting ourselves in these groups. And I noticed it a lot when I started applying for jobs because now when you apply for a job, it's male, female, non-binary, intersex. Like these are actually options when you apply now. Good Lord. I've never seen them, but you know, yeah. good Lord. I mean, and, and that's when I'm like, this is getting funky, man, because not only are we, um, we have a real problem with putting each other in groups politically, racially, culturally. Now we're doing it with sex and gender. So now if I'm transgender, I'm going to be put in the transgender group. You know, if no one mentioned it, no one would give a fuck. What do you think about these little kids that are five and six that are being put in these? Um, I, I don't quite remember what the article about. was, but yeah, I, it was like it freaked me out. Like, how can you know at five or six? I was just trying to stay out past the time my mom wanted me to come home and eat dinner. Yeah, I was. I mean, there's again, because you got six year olds in kindergarten learning how to build websites and write code. And when I was five or six, I just got the training wheels taken off my bike, writing code. And they're having, you know, the groups of people that are having children decide what gender they want to be at that age. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, this, this thing is just, it, everything's so new, man. Like we're in such a rush to um, invent words and to create things and to create these groups. And, um, you know, if we just put everybody in the same cap of like, I'm team human, like you're a human, I'm a human, you right. know, whatever, like we're at the point now where you don't really need to know anybody's gender, sex, race, like we're at that point now. So the more we talk about it and, and create these groups that identify and blow this thing out of proportion, the more it's going to influence our culture as a whole. And we just need to slow down and think about the repercussions and like yeah. mentally what, what this is doing, because, you know, now you're creating even more drama and more stress on people. And, you know, if I'm a parent, no matter what you believe in, and I have a kid that is surrounded with children that are having all these different thoughts and feelings like they're kids, man, like let them be kids. Like we don't need to put things in school books and put all this weird stuff. Just let them be kids, you know? And, and, yeah. Dude, I literally just got my shit together 10 years ago when I was 26. I did not know anything at six or at eight or at 10 or at 18, you know, and some of the stuff that we're talking about is irreversible, yeah. you know, and we're spending so much time, our government in particular, is spending so much time making these groups, putting money and intelligence into these conversations. And then you look at like, you're in Ruskin, right? But a lot of people don't know, but you go to like Orlando or you go to any downtown area, and all those poor communities, we invest zero dollars into those communities. But we're spending so much time inventing new things. And we have people that are struggling on a daily basis, like a real struggle, not like, yeah. you know, what sex am I going to be? Like real problems. 
and we don't even want to fucking put them for a week. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we're also going to other countries and we're funding that, right? We could, there's a whole combo there, but it's like, we're investing so much time and energy into not our problems. So when you talked about in the beginning about getting out of this country, you know, not saying that it's not the greatest country in the world. Cause I think maybe on some levels it is, but then yeah. on other levels, it's like, what are we judging that on? Because on a daily basis, I personally don't deal with some of the topics we're talking about. And you probably are at the point now where you might not even deal with as much as you did back in the 60s, obviously, right? Like yeah. you, because you've surrounded yourself with like-minded individuals, positive people. But if we don't do that on like a national level, we're going to have some serious problems. And I think that's what a lot of people wanted out of Trump is he was talking about America first and I'm going to put America first. And we kind of knew in the back of our head, I think, that he was selfish and he was an asshole and we haven't had anybody like yeah. like that before. So like maybe he'll go in and ruffle the government around. But then what we didn't understand is he did that for sure. He, there was a lot of that. Yeah, he did that. But then he also like took a lot of racists and pulled them out of the ground. <laughs> so it's like, so we're exposing a lot of things. And I think Trump did a lot of that, but I think it went too far, obviously. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's why we got stuck with Uncle Joe. Because... Yeah. I didn't want Biden either. I wasn't a big fan of Harris, and that's an unpopular view for me. Yeah. Now, there is a guy out of Illinois, uh, Kurzinger, or Kinzinger, or whatever his name is. Mm -hmm. He's out of uh, the, the county south of Chicago, uh, Kankakee County. And um, he's a Republican, but he makes sense. He's To me, I call him, I call him Obama light. I like it. And I'm trying not to be too funny when I say Obama white, but um, he makes sense to me. He really does. And I'm, I, I've always been an individual thinker. Like when I told you, I said I'm fiscally conservative and socially liberal. I think there should be term limits. I think that there should be age restrictions. For sure. Who, who really wants Biden or Trump? If you think about, you know, when you were like seven years old, and you'd go visit your grandmother and you got your 75-year-old uncle and you just want to kind of give him a cup of hot chocolate and put him in the rocking chair. Right. Now we've got Biden. You see him walk. He walks like he's like to make sure he doesn't fall. And running That's the country. Enough. I mean, That's I'm good. having a little bit of cognitive slippage every now and then. And this guy, but I know he's got advisors and all that, but. Yeah. Get somebody in fresh. I would love to see Buttigieg get in. The problem is he's LBGTQ whatever, alphabet, yeah. and he'll never get elected because we're not intelligent enough to see through his sexual orientation. Right. I don't care who you sleep with. Well, and that's you're, the thing, right? It's like good for the country. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like all this stuff we're talking about, it's all words, man. Like we, we invented all of these things. You yeah, know, labels. Yeah. Labels. And again, if we just didn't invent them and didn't talk about them and just looked at people and had these conversations and, you know, went off that versus their background and their resume and work resume, but just their actual personal right. resume. And, you know, if we just forgot about all that stuff, like we'd be in such a better place. It's just so, it's so crazy how we have had some really good candidates, but for whatever reason, it's always these older people. Like I, I enjoyed, um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. I thought she was, you know, out of Hawaii. Mm -hmm. I thought, I thought she was great. Ex-military knows what she's talking about, but for whatever reason, the Democrats wanted to 
you know, I guess either control somebody or, and maybe that's why they chose Biden and they kicked out Bernie because Bernie was kind of that like rogue dude as well. But that to me would be a wake up call. Like if I'm an American, because I figured that out two decades ago. You know, like when I was first able to vote, I kind of knew what this thing was. And then as you see, like Obama really kind of was the last of it, even like his second term. It's almost like, wait a minute. So who were the Democrats going with? Wait, that's who you're picking. Like out of all the Democrats, there's so many great ones. And that's what they're going with, like the all in to go against Trump. But now, you know, well, it's because they can control that person. That person's on team hardcore left. That person's on team hardcore right. That right. oligarchy is, is, it's very important. You yeah. know, as you were talking, I was sitting there thinking of a, like a very funny story that maybe we should do love is blind for the presidency. We don't get to see him. We just get to hear him talk for, for six weeks. And then we have the big reveal. <laughs> That's such a great a idea. Show, but, but, um, That's such a great you know, idea. but I mean, I mean, I, I just don't know, like, Kamala Harris, she's she's in Divine Nine, which a Divine Nine is the Black Greeks. There's nine Black Greek organizations, or mm-hmm. predominantly Afro-American Greek organizations, and she's an AKA. My cousin's an AKA, and yeah, Kamala Harris. We haven't even seen her on the back of a milk carton. <laughs> have you seen her? We don't have a vice president now, no, and that's don't. not a very popular opinion from. From from a guy like me, and then you got Biden, and you got Trump and DeSantis. There's got to be four better people than Biden, Harris, Trump, DeSantis. There's got to be. Well, I think a lot of people are just smart, and they just don't want to run for president. They know it's right. it's a, and that to me is a very, because it wasn't like this three terms ago, right? Like that to right. me is a very clear sign that we're in a very, very problematic state of our nation when we don't have a lot of candidates because they know once they get to that Bernie Sanders step, you're going to play ball? Well, no, because I want to do this. Okay, fuck you. We're going to go with Hillary. We're going to go with Biden. We're going to go with someone we can control because we've known them for 40 years. And it's so corrupt and so deep embedded in the government. I don't think there's going to be a lot of things that we can do to reverse it, unfortunately. So I think the only thing that's going to happen is kind of what you saw in California and New York, right? where everyone left California and they went to states like Texas, Florida, you know, Midwest area, because they wanted to leave the craziness that was California, that they just let that state go so far to the left, the scale broke. And now California is probably like, Ooh, we should probably start cleaning this shit up. Like, let's, Let's put this button here. Let's do this there. there. So now that I think that's what needs to happen with the country where it's going to have to go all the way, pop off, and then we're going to have to rebuild. And it might take us 100 years to do it. But by that time, to your point earlier, is I'm going to be in like Puerto Rico or Mexico or something. (laughs) Well, Puerto (laughs) Rico is unfortunately like, like my fraternity brother. One of the guys I pledged is the governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands. And everybody's like, ooh, that's cool. You get to go visit him. And I'm like, well, you know, I pledged him like 40, 37 years ago. He's changed, you know, and he's still, you know, he'll he'll talk to some of the guys at his chapter who I am good friends with, but I'm not really that good friends with him. And uh, they're like, you know, he don't really have no power. 
Yeah. He doesn't really have any power. Yeah, it's a it's a great job, you know, kissing babies every day, but right. he doesn't have any power. Yeah. I was like, well, can he get me the best drinks and the best food? And that, that, that. <laughs> I said, that's all I need him for. And they're like, yeah, he'll do that. You'll have a yeah. good time if you go visiting. But um, I was just going to, in those places that, you know, they're so appealing because, you know, when I've, when I've went, um, you know, even parts of Mexico and like Bimini, Bahamas, like those areas where mm-hmm. you don't, you don't really need government as much as you think. Like aside from, you know, a militia or right. police or, you know, nurses and teachers and things like that, like the important stuff, firemen, like those, those are jobs that the government should be involved in. And those are the only jobs. They shouldn't be involved in what you do with your body or how you have your guns or, you know, any of that stuff. Cause that stuff really, when you go to those countries and you look at it from like a micro level and you look up at the government and you're like, oh, there's only like 10 people there. Like, it's not that, it's not that big of a deal because what right. you do on a daily basis, you don't really need all that stuff. And we're just so infatuated with all these different decisions. And I think we want to be a part of it. Like there's a lot of people that just want to be involved in the drama. You know, that's why a lot of people watch horror movies and reality TV and crazy documentaries. And, you know, we like the action and the suspense. And I think the government feeds that to us. And I think we enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. There, there's something to be said for anonymity. And, um, Mm. you know, and I've told you, they're like, well, why do all the Mexicans want to come here? And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you have to understand, only certain types of Mexicans want to come here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got a friend that's crazy about the Balkans, Montenegro, Croatia. Um, and I've personally never been to the Balkans. They describe it as it's a different life. You know, and when you can see somebody that's really happy, mm. you know, when they come here, they're stressed. The no. GMOs and the food, and this is your area of expertise, nutrition, mm. um, you know, and 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 diet and, and exercise and, and what have you. And you go to other places. I mean, there's a reason we're the fattest country in the world. Yeah. And, it, you know, just all sorts of things like that, because, you know, there's you have to pick the place that you think is going to be the best fit for you individually. Yeah, That's you're just, right. Um, and and things that you do on a daily basis, you know, we want to come to America because it's the, uh, you know, uh, it's the place where I can get a great job and open a company, live the American dream, and all that. And that was true to some extent at a certain point. But now I think with everything that is going on with technology and social media and your ability to connect with millions of people, you know, like I can run my business from anywhere in the world. Um, and I think a lot of people could do that. So now we don't need that stability that America promised us way back in the day. And there's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't mean that America is a shitty place to live and people should still come. But you know, when you go to these other places and you realize that things aren't really that important that we thought, right? And uh, we don't need a fucking massive house right on you know Laguna Beach to be happy. Like we, that we were fed that dream of Hollywood and, you know, the beach and the houses and the girls and like all this thing. But now we're starting to realize, wait a minute, hold on. There's so many other great things in life and we don't need all this crazy materialistic shit in America. Then also couple that with, like you said, the shitty food and the shitty diets and, uh, all the stress and 
man, you've been to New York lately? I was up there last year after the pandemic kind of, and New York is like way worse than it was five years ago in terms of. Yeah, I haven't been, I haven't been to New York in about five years. It's, it's crazy, man, when you look at it, because, you know, they're in New York, there's these little parks, you know, that are maybe, I don't know, like 50 yards by 50 yards, right? They're not a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's benches and, you know, you can go. They're like every 10 blocks, right? And you go in there and you literally sit in there and you look around and you're surrounded by metal and noise and people. Mm-hmm. And you're at night and you look up and there's not a star in the sky because there's so much light pollution. And there's... There's just tons of people making noises and honking horns and coming up to you asking for money. And, you know, then they're, if they're not asking for money, they're just doing some like, you know, reality show that they're walking around with a microphone asking you a stupid question. Like, it's just so crazy and you're so condensed and we're just not meant for that as humans. And that causes a lot of stress. And I think New York is like the melting pot uh, of what the whole country is. Like, if you look at New York as a whole, that's kind of what the country is. We're all close together. We're all like stressed out. We're all, you know, pushing each other. Follow this agenda. Follow that agenda. It's like, dude, just sit back. Like, that's why I love Apollo Beach. I'm sure you like Ruskin too. You just sit back. If you want to go up to a restaurant, you go up to a restaurant. You're away from the fucking yeah. noise. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it, it, it is nice. I mean, we're, we've got a little drive to get to anything, you know, too much. But like sure. I said, I just kind of stay in my little enclave. And you know, and, and and that kind of is representative of like when you go to other countries and you look at somebody that has three children, a wife, and mm. they seem happy, and they don't have they don't have a car. Right. In some cities, you don't need a car. Um, they don't they have a they have bikes or scooters, and you know it's it's just it's just different. And why do things have to cost so much here? Interesting fact that Tampa's got the Double-digit inflation has the highest inflation of any city in America right now, and you, and you yeah. wonder. Well, it, 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 that could be explained logically, but then you wonder about well, how are they able to be happy? It's because they never got to see behind mm. the curtain. They never got to see Oz behind the curtain. Mm. So it's still a mystery. Whereas Americans, because we're industrialized, because we're the leaders of the free world. Everybody wants to peek behind the curtain. We've lost our mystery. And and like I said, you know, there's just something to be said about waking up, no alarm clock. Say, oh, okay, am I going to go to the beach today or am I going to go play golf? And and I'm going to eat a chicken, uh, a half of a chicken meal for $4.80 as opposed to $14.40 for a GMO chicken here. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, you know, but it, it takes take some broad shoulders to just say, okay, like I've got everything in this house and I'm like, boy, I've got a lot of stuff to get rid of. Just stuff. I mean, I've got so much, I got a gym. You got a gym in your house. I've got a gym in my house. You Mm -hmm. use yours a little bit more than I use mine, but we've got so much (laughs) stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, I did, I did this, um, I guess you would call like a, a cleanse kind of like a house cleanse and studio cleanse. Like I can't really show uh, this. I might do like a video on it soon, but I cleaned up my closet um, and now I have like 15 shirts. That's it. Just 15. That's it. I have four pairs of jeans, 10 pairs of socks, 10 pairs of undies. You know, I do laundry once a week now instead of twice a week. 
but I have less things and there's less things in my closet now. Um, right. I also did a lot of things with my studio and I sold a lot of things, gave a lot of things away that I wasn't using that I knew other people can get value out of. And having less things and less clutter, I'm realizing I'm so much more productive now. Like yeah. I'm not, right? Like I'm not worried about, oh, where is this? Where is that? What's this? Where? Like it's just less storage, less bins, less bullshit I got to worry about. And right. I think if you can get to that point um, physically and mentally, man, you're in a good spot, you know, and, and whatever that yeah, means for you, you know, whatever that means for you. If that means clearing out your wall or clearing out your house or getting rid of your car, we condensed down to one car. Greatest thing we've ever done. Um, you know, we were, we were barely using it. Me and my wife go everywhere together. Why would we have two cars? We both work from home. doesn't make any sense. Let's save that five, six, 700 bucks a month. Let's reallocate that to something else. But then also more importantly, it's just less things we got to worry about. It's four yeah. less tires. We have to worry about if they get flat on the road. It's just right. oh, less. We just need to think less because less is more like less truly is more. And yeah, yeah. We, you know, we say that, I think we say that a lot, like to be cool in front of our friends. But when you really condense your shit like I did and you look around and you're like, dude, this is fantastic. You yeah, know? well, you know, I have, you know, my friend that's, that I met in Mexico while I was there a month and a half ago, she flew back to Detroit, threw all her shit away, gave everything away. And she's like, listen, I got to make good money. If I need to buy it all again, I will. She goes, but God, she goes, she's got her life convinced, condensed to... 15 suitcases and that's she's all in at 15 suitcases that's awesome and this is a very successful she was a um, hr specialist got her mba and then she went back and became a dental hygienist became the dean of the dental hygienist school woke up one day and says i don't want to die with arthritis i'm not doing dental hygiene anymore <laughs> and she she's like boom mexico we're moving to mexico and she literally, she's been documenting it on social media, how she's getting rid of all her shit. My life, what I have in my life is 15 suitcases. That's so great. That's pretty awesome. That's you pretty know, I, I, I mean, it would take me, and I'm in my office, and you can't see it, thank God, because it's cluttered. But <laughs> it would take me a week to declutter this, to really, like, declutter this office. So yeah. I'm going to, that is one thing I'm going to take from this is, I am going to declutter. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at my closet. I probably have 48 pairs of shoes, probably 25 pairs of pants mm -hmm. that I don't wear. These are in my office, <laughs> in my office closet. That's all, so, that's all yeah. You know, and that's, and that's another thing, too. I did a podcast uh, just last week that I'm going to post soon here with a buddy of mine that's in the uh, – he's a financial advisor – and, you know, he's, he's talking about all this stuff and that. And then I go, you know, that's all good advice. And I learned a lot from it. And I was like, the one thing I learned um, when I got rid of my my company and started working for corporate America again, we talked about living below our means. The easiest way to make more money is to just not spend it. You know, like you can, if you do the math, you can live off $40,000 a year comfortably, mm -hmm. like very comfortably. Now, will you have the brand new iPhone? Probably not. You know, will you uh, will you be able to eat out at your local Chili's every night? Probably not. Um, you know, you won't be able to do some of the other. But how important is that stuff to you? You know, like, would you rather just buy some foods that are organic and whole foods and cook at home? It's going to be a little bit more work, but it's going to be cheaper. Right. It's going to be healthier. 
it's healthier, it's longer. So it's like the more you think about that type of stuff, um, you really start putting things in perspective to where our country, the U.S., is going to be just tossing every cool, innovative, delicious thing down our faces. Um, and you're going to want to buy it. You need to start training yourself to not buy that stuff because you're going to be happier when you have more money in your pocket. Not more things. More yeah. money to be financially free, uh, to retire at a young age, like yourself, Philip, where you can retire soon because you're good with your money. But that's that's the key to life, right? Is to eventually get to that point where you don't have any bills and you could just live free and, yeah. uh, and stress-free, right? You know, everybody I know that's left has left... And I know quite a few people that have left. They're leaving at the top of their game. It's right. not like it's not like these like Playa de Carmen's got three people that I know that are just rock stars. Yeah. Ecuador's got two people that I know are just rock stars. And I'm like, boy, what a way to go out on the top of your game. Sure. And I'm I'm sitting here, man. You should see I've got all my plans laid out. And then it took me took me thirty days to get an appointment at the embassy in um, Mexico or in Orlando for the Mexican embassy. Mm. And I got over there and I was nervous. And, and about an hour and a half later, I got my visa. I'm like, cool. What's next? Got to go to Mexico and get your card. Cool. What's next? Well, then you got to go open up a bank account. Cool. What's next? Yeah. Then you can buy property or do whatever you want. You have all the rights of Mexican citizenship. At that point, I'll be able to do an objective comparison. I've yeah. been to Colombia quite a bit, traveled quite a bit in all the Caribbean nations. I would love to live on an island. The problem is, is they're tourist traps. So, you know, the affordability function comes in, you know, even if you've done well with your money, mm -hmm. can you afford to live in, in a tourist destination? That's right. And, you know, I think a lot of that just boils down to having a plan. And uh, yeah. that's why I always tell people your your brain has only... Um, you got to think of it like points, right? Like bandwidth. It only has a certain amount of points in your brain and bandwidth on a daily basis. And, you know, that's why when uh, the wife and I get caught up scrolling on TikTok and, and all that stuff, I think to myself, you know, we could be doing so many other things right now. We could be planning our future at a young age so that we're not scrambling when we're 50 or 60. You know, we right. could uh, devising a plan to make more passive income or buying properties or looking into different things. So I think if people can eventually get to that, and start thinking long term, and we get kind of out of this um, living in our devices, living through other people's lenses, and we can get out of that, then we're yeah. all going to, I think, eventually be happier and healthier. But yeah, we definitely got to be a little bit more responsible when it comes to all that type of stuff. Because what you're saying is very proactive, uh, especially the way this country's going. I think it's a good move. Yeah, you know, it's interesting about the devices. I like, I just like to study people and what makes him tick? And boy, I've had some, I've had a P I'm, I get to have a PhD analysis of the people now and what makes them tick my neighbors and things like that. But if you go to an airport and you're sitting in the waiting lounge, mm. all you see is the people's the top of their heads. Cause they're like this, everybody is. And even me, I mean, I've got to get away from it. I was at the, uh, I was at an immigration office in Tampa before we, we started the podcast and everybody that was waiting to speak to the immigration attorney was on their phones. It was a, even the little kid that was in there had him a little, like they got an iPad that's got a handle on it for kids. 
And he was in there, he was scrolling. I'm like, man, there was a time going back to my college days, boy, how easy was college then that oh you God. didn't have to you didn't have to lug around a, a, a computer or anything. So yeah, yeah. man, um I'm gonna try to, you know, I don't want to go like as far back as Clarence Thomas wants to go, as far as taking it back to the older days. Sure. But I want to take it back to, to kindler, gentler times. Yeah. And like I said, if I have to leave to do that, I will see you on the other side. <laughs> I like it, man. Well, uh, that, that's a good way to end it, Bri. I appreciate uh, this was good. I didn't realize we're like at an hour and 20 minutes already. So this yeah, yeah. It. I didn't yeah. realize it either. This thing's a time warp in here. Um, but thanks for coming on, man. There's a lot of good nuggets in there and, uh, you know, we could probably talk for hours, but you know, one of these days we'll definitely, uh, catch up more maybe in person when, uh, before you leave to Mexico, yeah. that'd be nice. Right around the corner. <laughs> You're right there, man. Yeah. Thank I you for coming on the show. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you put it out there and I'm, I, I'm anytime you want me back on, you know, you could actually do like a panel. That would be really cool. I, I, I have thought about doing that actually, where it's like more of an objective, um, not commercial break bullshit, do it live right. on Facebook and grab like, you know, maybe yourself that has one view and then maybe grab like a hardcore lefty, a hardcore righty, you know, yeah. th then myself kind of moderating at a mount two cent. Like I, I have thought about that, but then I thought, okay, I have people that would do it, but then I'm like, those motherfuckers would be so out of control and would not listen to anything I see. <laughs> like some people just don't like I mean, to listen. I would have decorum. I think it would be I think it would be great because like I said, I enjoy I enjoy all your content. I just don't comment all the time, but I don't really pay attention to a lot of people. But like I said, you know, when I when I wrote you that email, I was like, you know, you always were different and we got along well and and Richie Richie was always hilarious. He was just a comedian comedian. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I met them all. No, it's wild, man. No, it's good to catch up. We'll definitely do this again and we'll okay. stay in contact. But uh, thanks again, Phil. I'll send this out. This will probably be posted in like a week or two, but I'll make sure I okay. send all the links and stuff so you can take a listen. Right, to it, so. Yeah, a couple of my friends are going to be interested to, to see it. So you, you you already got one more follower today because uh, she was looking at your stuff. She goes, yeah, this is great. She goes, I can't wait to see how crazy you get. And I said, I'll be cool. I'll be cool. And I think I was relatively uh, sedate today. Yeah, no, you were cool, man, for sure. If I, if I got you like five espressos in... It might have been a little bit different, but uh, you were you were good though. It was great, man. Good job. All right, man. All right, Phil. Appreciate you, buddy. Enjoy your week, All man. Right. All right, Tony. Thank you, brother. <laughs>